0: to deadline dilemmas ahead of well it's game week one so we've got less than 24 hours to go um so praz how's the how's the week been going
1: man i mean every time we will do this stream i will mention how good it is to pod on a thursday night because stuff happens in the week and you know today if there's anything if there's if there's a day you can say that a lot has happened it's today yeah right i mean (laughs) kane's rumors of leaving uh buendia's injury turner you know, finally sort of transferring into an Arsenal player. I see there's some leaks that Ruben Diaz isn't isn't traveling tomorrow. So uh, it's all happening. So excited for tomorrow. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, no, I'm really excited as well. I was trying to keep up with all the news throughout the day, but it seems to be absolutely constant um, throughout the day. Um, And and I do apologize for people watching. Me and Praz have got our our names switched over, Um, but that's by the by. Um I, we, I I will get that sorted Praz. Um but yeah, I'm I'm raring to go now. Um I've been looking forward to this all day because I'm pretty settled on my team and I need to be locked in tonight or locked in as in I'm going to have one or two dilemmas for tomorrow, but they've got to be easy dilemmas. I can't be you know bringing the heavy hitters in at the last minute after I finish work tomorrow.
1: Um well, I I am still not settled and I think I will you know we'll discuss our teams we'll discuss what happens if there is some news filtering through tomorrow further news that will sort of shape my i'm between two drafts and today what we'll do is we'll talk about my plan a and then there's a plan b draft and then you have a base case draft as well so we'll we'll sort of do do that
0: yeah we'll go through that um and yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to this and please remember uh, to like and subscribe um, the video every week now is going to be like this we've got four deadline dilemma streams literally the day before the deadline um so looking forward to that and please remember um there's 30 percent off at fantasy football scout and there's a link in the in the description if you want to you know use the member area put together some tables you know like we did on last week's video so yep. we're gonna start Praz, with with your first draft so yeah we're your getting
1: straight draft. in draft um, and by the way, this is how we're going to structure this deadline dilemmas. We're going to get straight into our drafts and talk about what are we thinking about, you know, just as we head into the deadline. So this is my this is my boring draft, if I can call it that. You know, basically a lot of things are set here um, and I'll read it out. It's basically Pickford in goal. I've got Chilwell, Gabriel and Stupinian um, in defense. I've got Saka, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Martinelli and Mbumo. And up top, I've got Watkins and Haaland. This draft has 1 million in the bank. And we're going to talk about each position and what we're thinking, which players are nailed or not. But at the moment, what I like about this draft is it gives me reasonable flexibility to get to somebody, um, whoever emerges. So from Mbumo, I can get to Richarlison or Madison. Uh, I can you know, I can use the money to upgrade Gabriel or Estupinian to another Chelsea defender or Luke Shaw or a City defender. So I want to keep that 1 million in the bank rather than spend it on the first bench. Because we're almost blessed this year where we've got Kabore who's going to start, we've got Bayer, there's many others, Baldock who will start as 4.0, and you know potentially even Archer. So we'll talk about the bench fodder as we get through the structure. And so I want to keep that 1 million as, as firepower, especially because I don't have a city defender here. So I do expect most of these guys to start in game week two. So that's taking away some of the risk. Now I do get, and when we come to your draft, there is value to getting a bench option. The problem is I have one million in the bank, and if you can tell me a, you know, ideal five million defender, then I'll get them. And that ideal defender could be the one that starts tomorrow in Guardiola. But if not, I'm happy to keep that in the bank.
0: Yeah, I think five million for defenders that seems to be well not a hard price point, but you you know once you've got Gabriel and a Stupinan, there's not much. As in, I feel like the five point fives in particular. The, the Chelsea defenders, who we've talked about, you know, a fair bit. Um, yeah, they seem to be the ones I like for the bench, and that's why I've gone for a, yeah a slightly different structure to you. Which, yeah. But then again, we say this: my alternate, my team, which I'll, I'll load up now, is very similar to your to your second um, team, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And, now go through your team. And yeah, and I would say with Watkins, for example, on your on your team, that's a player I'm really really worried about because I feel like that could become. I actually think it could become more of a problem than not going for Salah. As, as stupid as that sounds, because he is so so affordable. yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll see why when we go through my team, which is very similar to another team you have. So yeah, I've gone for, yeah, Pickford in goal, and Gabriel, and Diaz, who now there's some rumors now that Diaz may not have traveled with the squad. Yeah. So that's going to need a rethink already, even though I say, I say but you I'm You could not. get
1: another 5.5 million, right? I mean, you'd get what, James? Oh, sorry, um, Shaw or someone like that?
0: Yeah, Shaw's not been someone that's been in many or he was in my very, very early drafts. And I see he's creeping into a few other people's drafts. I mean, the ideal one would be Gavardio if we get news that he starts, Uh, you know, that's an absolute bargain. Mm. Um, Because I've got 0.5 in the in the bank with this one. But yeah, I've got James and Chilwell on the bench. So they'd be my favorite point fives. But I can't move there. I mean, maybe maybe stones is an option. So that's actually that is a genuine deadline dilemma. Um, yeah. Maybe we could talk about that a bit as we go on, but it's probably going to be a decision I need to make tomorrow. My midfield um, is very template, very popular. So Mbemo, uh Martinelli, Saka, Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. Martinelli's is the one I'm unsure about. All three Arsenal midfielders, you know, apart from obviously Saka, they're, they're the same price. Uh, sorry, they're all different price points and they all offer a little bit different. And then Harlan captain and I've gone for Yael Pedro up front who I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit as well. He seems to be, I think the plan for him is he's going to be benched very quickly after this looting game, unless he does something incredible and you know, absolutely nails himself in the team. Um, yeah. I'm very aware that he is, you know, fodder. Nice, nice fodder, because there's not that many cheap strikers around. And then, yeah, my bench would be Turner, James and Chilwell. So I put money into the bench, but that's because I'd want those Chelsea defenders um, you know, for the upcoming game weeks. I did think about Colwell, but... I think the reason I want Chelsea defenders is not because of their clean sheets. It's because of James and Chilwell. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned already, Archer's now my
1: 4.5. I mean, let's discuss the macro first. I mean, yeah. in terms of... So my other team, if you, if you load, load that for a second, is basically exactly this yeah, team. let's load Praz's other team. There we go. Which is basically, I've downgraded Watkins to João Pedro. And now I've got a better first bench. And in this case, I've got Chilwell. And of course, instead of Ruben Diaz, I'll go Luke Shaw or... Uh, maybe even James. So what this does is basically gives me that Jao Pedro insurance as the first sub. So it's almost becomes a 451, like you mentioned, if jao Pedro doesn't work out. And I don't want to spend more than that. So I've left 2 million in the bank in this one, because I feel exactly what you said, where if Watkins becomes essential, and you have to go there. I want to have the money readily available to get to him. Now I can't do it for free because it's 2 million in the bank, but I can get to Jackson. Let's say Jackson has good fixtures after game week two. So you could potentially go from Jao Pedro to Jackson and then say, look, I don't have Watkins, but the Watkins guys don't have Jackson. So it gives me that little bit of flexibility that other people may not have. That 2 million can get me a trip here in game week four, you know, from Estupinian, which a lot of people may struggle because they've got a Watkins in place or the Salah teams cannot go there basically. So... I feel that 2 million will be valuable in lots of places. I could go Bruno Fernandes to Kevin De Bruyne uh, if they're sort of changing the system, playing Kovacic a little bit deeper and De Bruyne is almost playing, you know, number 10. So I just feel this draft is my flexible draft to react to anything that happens that may emerge and I have a good first bench. So I'm really not feeling the good second bench like you have with James and so I'd love you to tell me why you're thinking of it. But one more point to consider. Game week three, when typically you will save a transfer, you'll sit with two. I think I made this point on the wire as well that game week three, everybody has a good fixture. Every single team, player in your team. In fact, not only will you have a benching dilemma, you won't have two transfers to make. So this is why I'm thinking, maybe game week three is the time as two penian, I can use some of the money to upgrade as two to that James slot that you're talking about because otherwise I won't have anything to do with that free, tra- you know, two free transfers. So, what are your thoughts there in terms of spending that Pedro money on the second bench?
0: See so you had you had got me thinking because I've heard you on other podcasts throughout the week um, talking about you know you've saved you've saved this money, um, and it did get me thinking about you know if I'd want to do the same. But I think part of why I like having a strong bench is if there's an if there is an injury, let's say game week one, or I mean what's happened with Diaz t- today um, happens, I could put myself in a transfer a position where I need. Feel like i need to make a transfer that, that i don't want to make um obviously i'm get it's making me a lot less flexible but i could i could get bench points you know if someone if someone is benched if i don't trust yo pedro um so yeah i'm giving up flexibility but then i think i've got a better chance of of getting some good bench points um and being able to save transfers obviously you made a great point maybe we won't need two transfers for game week three um but then i feel like there's always going to be something that crops up I mean I remember I had a team where I had Eze you know a couple of weeks ago to go on a tangent and yeah I noticed that in game week 3 it was hard to use the transfer so then I was going to get Eze to Gibbs-White so basically you get the Sheffield United fixture twice nice. and almost not way to transfer but you're chasing you're chasing the fixture basically um and I feel like with this draft I say this draft you know because we basically this we've got the same team here um I wouldn't be really using any transfers on midfielders or or strikers or not plan transfers anyway. Maybe, we, you know, with the K news, we'd want to start looking at a Spurs midfielder in a couple of weeks, yep. whether it's Madison yep. or Richarlison. Outside of that, though, I'm quite happy sticking with, you know, Bruno Fernandes with Rashford. I'm going to just try and not get spooked, you know, if Salah scores. We talked about it last week. Salah's mm-hmm. going to score goals. So exactly. it's not going to be something that's unexpected. So I suppose I'm just, maybe I'm attacking it a little bit by, going, by the, going for the deeper squad um, and hoping that I don't get spooked by something. But I could be regretting it. You know, if we go with these teams, respective teams, I could be on here next week regretting, you know, what I've done, desperate trying to get Watkins or Salah or...
1: That's the game we play, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you have to give up someone. Um, and, you know, basically, to, to your point in game week three, I also thought about this where, yeah, we might want Richarlison if Kane has left. But look at your midfield. Basically, Bruno and... And Rashford have Nottingham first at home. Your two Arsenal mids have Fulham at home. And Mbumo has Crystal Palace at home and plays Bournemouth at home the, the week after. So it's going to be very difficult to fit in a Richarlison, no matter what fixture he has, by selling one of these. So this is why I almost feel my transfer in game week three will be a defender. And this is why I have sort of penciled in a stupid hand. But look, there's no right or wrong answer. I just think that's the reason why I have got nothing in my bench or nothing in my second bench. And um, and, and and you have. So let's now start, I guess, from the top, goalkeeper, defenders, midfielders, strikers and bench, and just talk through where we are, what are our final dilemmas, what are we looking out for? So yeah.
0: No, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, so if we start, start with goalkeepers... Um- I mean, we've got yeah Pickford, Pickford and Turner on the screen. Obviously, that's a that's a brilliant rotation. The only other goal because I actually had Pickford and who, who was I rotating with? Pickford and Steele was the rotation I was looking at. But then obviously Turner's been such a gift. Um, you know, if that rotation works out, works out well. Um, the only other goalkeeper I've really looked at was Edison, and I've not been put off by some random comment by I think it was Sam Lee who said there was a chance that edison yeah. you know if he hadn't finished the season well he'd have been dropped that's not that's not spooked me at all really it was more just money and actually trying to save a bit of money in the bank i mean with my team i should mention i had you know 0.5 in the bank so i have been a little bit sensible um right. with that so yeah edison's purely a price thing if price wasn't an object i would 100 percent be on edison at 100 i don't know about how you'd feel about that after last season
1: i mean if you're saying price indifference and if edison Hmm. was 4.5 million i I think a lot of people would be on edison as well but price isn't different you need that 1 million like i have a million in the bank in my watkins draft i could do pick pick pickford to edison but i'm choosing not to do that just because again a point made made earlier where you want to concentrate your funds in a little bit in the in in fewer players so i've got a cheap goalkeeper on the bench for 4.0. I've got two bench fodders for 4.0, 4.5. If I have a cheap goalkeeper for 4.5, or basically the majority of my 100 million or the money above base price is in my 10 and maybe the first bench, so 11. And that way I feel I can get to, you know, for example, in my Pedro draft, I can get to Salah in two moves. Like, let's say he scores a hat-trick against Chelsea and I feel this has been a horrible mistake. I can do uh, Bruno Fernandes and Imbumo to Salah and 4.5 midfielder because I've got 2 million in the bank. That's the flexibility that it gives me. Whether I do that or not is a different question, but it is there. Similarly Watkins, similarly Trent. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say where for me, starting with a base price goalkeeper just works really well. And and if you don't have any option in the 4.5 bracket, I think Unana was decent and I think a lot of people will still go for Unana. I think everything that we've talked about in preseason on him being good on bonus, um, you know, he, him being, you know, he should outperform the 4.5s. It's whether other people can use that 0. 0.5 better than you, better than the Onana owners going forward. And Pickford-Turner rotation is just too good, man.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I did see some arguments earlier, where well, they weren't arguments, but they were debates that, obviously, in the first 19 game weeks, um, certain goalkeepers have the same fixtures. So that fixtures for Pickford, obviously, fixtures being good don't matter. But, yeah, I mean, I, I I do disagree with that because obviously we talked about you know decay for example like two weeks ago I think we we mentioned it, um and you know things can happen goalkeepers can get injured, and we're also in this landscape at the moment where there's there's goalkeepers like Steele um as in Kepa's being linked linked away there's so then Steele could become the Chelsea goalkeeper for four point five million for example, so I think there actually could be some value in doing a goalkeeper transfer. You know, as in the scenarios that can happen where I would actually be happy, you know, doing a goalkeeper transfer, especially because we talked about how some of those midfielders are quite hard to sell.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, look, I mean, goalkeepers, some people have gone for Johnston. I think he's also fine. Mm-hmm. Some people are looking at Steele, again, also fine. There's a little bit of risk that you're taking. Not, I think, game week one or two, but I think game week five, six, if he's made a couple of mistakes, then, you know, they have signed Verbruggen. So, I mean, those are your options. And if you want to go up to five, then, you know, um, then Onana is absolutely fine. Kepa is a little bit iffy now because he's got some transfers rumors going on with with Bayern Munich. So you never know. Um, You know, sometimes these transfers don't happen, but still the keeper is benched because the manager feels, you know, I need to give them some space to sort stuff out. Like it happened to Casado with Brighton in January. So it's just not worth it. And then 5.5, I agree. I mean, Allison or Edison, if you wanted basically good clean sheet potential, then obviously Edison is great.
0: Yeah. And it's looking like because of Man United, actually, that Turner might be a bit more nailed than we originally thought. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but about the, about the injury, so they might need to keep Henderson.
1: Correct. Heaton's injured. And so Man United will, maybe if they don't end up keeping him, they'll play big hardball. They will not sell him for a cheap price. So that, that basically means that it's not a given that Forrest signs somebody. Of course, they can go out and sign someone else not Henderson. It is a risk. But the good thing is most of the times that, you know, basically any goalkeeper you start, whether it's Onana, Johnston, or or Pickford, it's game week two when you really want Turner, when he plays Sheffield United at home. And so that game week two fixture, if you got that, then I think you can just play other keeper for the rest of the time. Let's say even if he loses his spot and and somebody, they sign someone else. So I think Turner is a no-brainer. I think other than that, the goalkeepers are fine. One thing to talk about in terms of leaks If you hear Ortega starting, what are you going to do? I would definitely bring him in. But
0: I don't know which keeper for. So I don't know if I'd go for, say, Ortega and Pickford. Or if I'd go for the more bold Ortega and Turner. What would your smirk Are you thinking the latter?
1: (laughs) I think I might chance it. Because why would he start the first game week? I mean, Pep's not one to just try stuff. So I think there's now enough... You know, you can basically start Ortega this game week because you know he's starting. So you get a city defender. You have Turner starting Sheffield United. So let's say Edison starts again. And then you can assess. I mean, if in game week three, you have no transfers to make, make a keeper transfer. It's not the end of the world. Or you just suck it up and play a Nottingham Forest keeper for five, six game weeks until you wildcard. I just think in my Watkins structure. So my first draft has one million in the bank and a poor first bench. If you give me 0.5 more, which basically comes out of Pickford to Ortega, I can get Shaw or I can get James. And now suddenly I have a really good first bench. Somebody who I know will get me good points over the next few weeks, maybe even outperform uh, a a Pickford versus, you know, 4.0 keep uh, bench versus a Shaw and an Ortega. I think I might go there. That's my, at least my initial thinking
0: bit like going for Warden-Everson last year, which I was happy to do. I'm happy to spend as little as possible on goalkeepers. But this is
1: Ortega, city keeper.
0: Yeah, I think the only two things that could screw you over a bit there, I guess, first of all, that any legal rumour is wrong. Let's assume yeah. let's assume they're not wrong. Uh-huh, yeah. But yeah. that could happen in game week one as well. And I think the second thing could be, you know, we don't know why, why Ortega start. And then we find out Edison has, you know, a cold or flu or something like that. Because um, obviously we're going to put two and two together and assume because you know he didn't play very well last season Ortega started in the Community Shield. Obviously it's pure speculation. It's probably very unlikely um, yeah. that it would be those two scenarios, but that would be the only thing that would get me a little bit nervous.
1: I guess you need to know that Edison has
0: travelled, yes, and not starting. That's true, and we probably would find. Fo- I mean, we probably would have found out by now if Edison yeah. hadn't travelled. So no, I do okay. like it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be averse to that. But yeah, if Ortega started. I don't really see a world I wouldn't go for him because I've got two city. Like I said, I did consider Edison as well. I don't feel like I'd really be blocking anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good. So but apart from that, if there's no leaks like that, are you pretty set on Pickford and Turner? Yeah, definitely. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah. No, Um, same.
1: You could, so nothing changes in goalkeepers. Let's, let's move on to defense. So, I think no discussion needed on Estupinian. I think pretty much everyone has them. I personally am very, very set on moving him on to either a Trippier or a James or somebody after game week two because even though he's a good defender and their fixtures aren't the worst, but I feel there's a lot more upside with other defenders. So I'm keen on a City defender. If, for example, by game week, you know, we don't get a leak, but by game week three, we find out that Guardiola is starting pretty much every game. I, I will go there um, to to get some upside over the Brighton defence. And he's stupidly owned as well. Yeah, Highly I'm, owned. I'm with too. you on that. Um, then Gabriel, I think there's been some talk of Saliba being a little bit more nailed. But I think for me, it, it offsets his attacking potential of headers, offsets any minutes risk. So I think we're all aligned on Gabriel as well, right?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think we're going to be moving with our defenders. I think we're all going to be moving towards Chelsea defenders and Newcastle defenders. Obviously, barring something happening where we're using lots of transfers on, let's say Haaland got injured, then we're yeah. probably all downgrading Haaland to Watkins or whoever and bringing in Salah. But yeah. in a world where that doesn't happen, we're probably going to be bringing in Chelsea defenders and we're going to be bringing in Newcastle defenders. So yeah, I do think Estupinan would be leaving my team. Probably Gabriel as well. Um, but if he either got stuck in my team, especially Gabriel, i you know i I've been more than happy playing him You know for the long term. He's he's yeah. never going to be a bad asset. I mean, Norz... Was a stupid, and but yeah, yeah. I feel like that them two are placeholders. And then I mean, the city defenders we've kind of discussed already, haven't we? We're you know if Guardiola starts tomorrow, we're going to go for it. Diaz. Well, hasn't let's traveled. spend a
1: minute on city defense in general. So, yeah, obviously Pep said today that Ake is fit, Guardiola is fit. We know that Ruben Diaz hasn't travelled. Suddenly, it makes all city defenders. You know, it makes it like a minefield because let let's say the USP of city defense was. Diaz was the number one nailed. Well, he's not playing tomorrow. Number two, well, he could still travel, by the way. So we're, we're just sort of relaying what we've seen on Twitter on some news. Obviously, please keep a lookout. And then second thing is people think Stones is nailed. But today, you know, Luke had this tweet on and and him and I also did this uh, short video. Because Guardiola can invert as well. They could go for a setup where they have Walker, Akanji, Um. Or Diaz, Ake, and Guardiola. So And Guardiol is the one that inverts from the left instead of somebody inverting from the right. Now, it could happen. Maybe Stones and Guardiol could both invert, but there is basically a new material information where there is another guy who can invert from the other side of the pitch. And so does it mean that Stone is as nailed? Maybe a little less so. So then the question is, if you're comparing Stones with a James Chilwell Shaw, maybe it's not the one where you want to go initially.
0: And I always manage to mention Rico Lewis every week, but obviously he can invert as well. He can do it so, as well. Yeah, yeah. He's part of. He, so he's another just a small factor for for Stones. And also just just on him. I mean, I didn't expect Walker to be staying either. So Walker is yes. still in the team, or in the squad as of as of now. So yeah, it is looking a bit more of a minefield, and that's why I think the logic would say. And there's not always logic with Pep, but the Gradiol because of the amount of money, because of how highly rated he is, he's going to be nailed in the team, but we've also seen Pep hold players back until their second season. Correct. So maybe we could be in this
1: conversation this time next year that Guardiol's nailed. <laughs> if- it could make Ake amazing. If he's trying to integrate him slowly, then you basically see Ake coming off on the 70th minute, you know, basically for Guardiol and Ake could become amazing. So yeah, it's. I think it's worth holding the city slot and waiting for two, three game weeks to see where that's landing. The answer could be neither of them, none of them are appealing still. Or it could be that there is one standing out, and it's worth going for.
0: And then it does open the option. I mean, with this like team on the screen, if if you don't go for Diaz, you could go for someone like Botman. He's you know you're fine playing him against Villa, and yep. then it opens up Edison again. Um, so you, it, one thing can have a knock-on because yeah. part of me hates not having any City defensive coverage. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it feels like such a banker, and I know it wasn't last season, but you know when you look at the clean sheet odds, you know over the upcoming weeks when you look at the stats for last season they are it goes without saying they're absolutely clear yeah and there was definitely some bad luck last last year but yeah just so just before we start recording we've got a bit more doubt with the city team because i was quite set on diaz yeah
1: yeah i, Me too. I mean we both have him in our travel. drafts sorry say it again we both have him in one of our drafts so yeah, yeah that's true. it's a good option but not anymore no no
0: um, and we've talked quite a lot about the Chelsea, Chelsea defenders. I, I, I did mention Colwell earlier. Um, I don't know if you have called on him. I think for me, I started putting Colwell in alongside Chilwell or James in my drafts. Then I started thinking about the reasons why I was getting James and Chilwell. And it's because of their attacking threat. You're getting an above average defence with good fixtures. And they probably yeah. are a bit better than above average. You'd assume anyway. And then you've got their two of the most attacking fullbacks in the league or, or can be or wing backs. Um So I, I just felt like Colwell with Badia Shield back as well. Yeah. I, I just thought, I think Bottman's a better pick if I was going to go for a 4.5 defender.
1: Plus you never know it. We're still discovering Chelsea, right? And now we were discovering Chelsea without Nkunku. They could sign somebody or maybe they could play somebody else who we've not even thought about in that number 10 instead of Chukwemeka if Mudrik starts playing through the middle or, you know, something could happen where we just think, okay, we need that other guy. Or if Jackson is completely running, you know, very hot and he's got Luton and, and uh, Nottingham Forest, I think one after the other, you just you just think that that's a slot that you can use to get to Jackson. So I wouldn't sort of use two or three slots of Chelsea in defence because ultimately we don't know what a defence they would be. No, we don't. And that's why I feel more comfortable with the wing backs or, or fullbacks, But,
0: yeah, and I wouldn't want to block the third spot. And obviously, there's a midfielder, Sterling, um, who, you know, I know he's getting a lot of hate from the Chelsea fans, but he could be the one yeah. who emerges and gives us a sort of dilemma as
1: well for you know, such a cheap price as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So in a way, I mean, I guess the defence is settled. We should talk about the, the cheap defender. So we've talked about 4.5s. 4. 4.0, do you have a ranking on who would you prefer? It's annoying because I don't particularly like Bulldog. However, he's the one
0: or one of you know he's one of the ones who's gonna play in game week two. The blank. Yeah. I feel like they would Burnley and um, Burnley and Luton were done a bit dirty by getting that as a as a blank in game week two. So I haven't actually got a 4.0 in my team at the moment. You don't, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I must admit, I don't really like them. I think Burnley might might be okay, but I still want to see a little little bit more. You know, when you look at the odds for them keeping clean sheets, etc. And I think Leeds worried me. As in, if we go back a few seasons, Leeds, you know, had the most clean sheets and a lot of us got Leeds defenders in. Right. And, it turned, and a couple of people did say it's because they kept so much possession in the championship. And that might be the same case with, with Burnley as well.
1: I agree. And, I, agree. Know, I don't want to get it's stuck with
0: like another, another Leeds by going for a Burnley defender who I'm probably going to want to never, ever play. And if I've got him, you know, if I know he's coming in, it's going to force me into doing a transfer. So I don't have to play that Burnley defender or... Sheffield United defender.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I think I'm okay with uh, Kabure um, from Luton just because he's very, very attacking. And, you know, you, you. D- I think I used a sub seven, eight times last year. Um, and obviously I didn't go to my third bench unless it was a blank game week ever. So we sometimes overplay this, but get somebody who plays. Don't. I'm not too fixated on game week two uh, because I think the team looks fine. I'm not going for a City player who are the only team that play in Europe uh, in that midweek. So Game Week 1 and 2, I think, should be reasonably safe. And if there's an injury in Game Week 1, you just deal with it because I'm not worried about Game Week 3 transfers, like I mentioned. So um, I'm I'm a little bit okay, whichever one you get. I just think Baldock might eventually lose his place, whereas kaboure and, and Bayer are, are pretty much solid. And I prefer these guys to 4.5s only for that flexibility of keeping money in the bank rather than spending it. But let's go to midfield.
0: Let's get, let's get to midfield where we got exactly the same the same midfielders um so I, I mean did you consider Odegaard at all in terms of Arsenal so I haven't actually decided I've I've got 0.5 in in the bank in my team I'm on a Martinelli at the moment Odegaard and Havertz I've considered I have considered both the yeah thing the thing I wanted to go for was I, I find Martinelli a lot more exciting and it gives me 0.5 in the Correct. bank as well I think what's putting me off Havertz is just the the unknown obviously i've seen him at chelsea seen him play for germany um there's just so much unknown i've not seen him really for arsenal um obviously apart from you know the the other day in the glorified friendly so i think martinelli it might just be going back to old habits it's it it feels like a coin toss Mm. i can't make a compelling argument because you've got saka who's on on the penalties if one of the others was on penalties that would be your tiebreaker
1: well, Martinelli has shared them off Saka in the past. But yeah, I think I think we're aligned that it's probably Saka. But tell me about Havertz. Why are you tempted by Havertz? See, I'm not that tempted by
0: Havertz, but it's it's the three of them. Um, and I've seen a lot of models have had Havertz quite high, um, right. obviously depending right. on how many minutes he's going to get. And I think his minutes are surely the least assured, even though Jesus is out. Um, and even though he's a, a new sign-in, well, it doesn't feel like he's going to get more minutes than Odegaard, for example. So, yeah. I think we, I'd rather spend the extra one mil on Odegaard. Um, I have to be honest; I don't love love having a second Arsenal mid as much as I thought I would. It
1: almost feels like a bit of a placeholder. Is that a bit which is fine? Which is fine. I mean, Nottingham yeah. Forest at home, Fulham at home, game week one, game week three. That's exactly. Then you it. go wherever you want.
0: That's exactly it. So it, it doesn't feel like I don't feel like I'm picking Martinelli or whoever the Arsenal midfielder is. You know, for the rest of the season. And I feel that with like Saka, for example, I feel like I'm not going to sell him no matter yeah. what, obviously, unless he gets injured. So it, it doesn't feel like a very big pressure pick. I think Martinelli, it's literally being 0.5 less the edges fit for me. I could save another 0.5, but Havertz, there's just that feeling of unknown that I
1: don't particularly like. I'm not, I mean, Havertz, I think the models like him because of minutes, because he would probably start in the rice position because Rice and Partey probably don't start against Nottingham Forest. So either he starts there or there's a small chance that basically Arteta liked, because he did praise Havertz a lot. Maybe that's a confidence thing. New signing, he played him up top. And we had, you know, he missed a couple of, um, I don't want to say easy shots, but there were a couple of misses. So maybe it was a confidence thing, but the point is that Havertz should get minutes, maybe better minutes than a Trossard, better minutes than an Enketia. But I just, my view is Fulham at home, Nottingham first at home. You don't, you don't play around with that. You don't really, you get your three that you think are the best. And if you think that's Odegaard, fair enough. If you have 0.5 extra, I just think there's nothing to separate between Martinelli. He's got better stats, lower minutes. Odegaard has slightly worse stats and higher minutes. So it's not much between them. So Price is my differentiator. And that's how I'm thinking about it. You know, like, for example, I said, in my João Pedro draft, I can do, because I've got Martinelli, I've got enough in the bank to do Bruno and Bomo to Salah and 4.5. So if I went Odegaard, I wouldn't be able to do that. So it's stuff like that, which basically is the differentiator.
0: I mean, if they were the same price, and, and I know they're not, so it's almost a bit of a pointless question, but I'm just curious. If Martinelli, um, we'll will will eliminate Havertz. If, if I, it's the old question from last season, Martinelli mm. and Odegaard were the same price would you go for Odegaard over, over Martinelli?
1: I would have probably gone for Odegaard simply because I enjoy watching football and I enjoy seeing my player on the pitch for 96 minutes.
0: No, I can get that. No, I, can, I can fully get that. And I think that's what puts me off. I mean, we haven't mentioned City midfielders. I think that's what puts me off. I mean, Foden, if we get news, he's going to be starting tomorrow. Would you go there? No. Same, same. Well, I've got written down 80% avoiding because there's always that, i don't know friday afternoon
1: i i just you know in people think is not that sexy a pick and i've got a million in the bank i could go forward in for Foden. but my problem is i'll get this burnley fixture of him and Mbumo is away to spurs and that's okay is he home or away, uh, uh, I think home. away. oh so home to spurs yeah. which is a good fixture then he's fulham away crystal palace home Bournemouth at home I think he's a hold for four game weeks for me. There's no reason not to go for him. You know, he could get a penalty, he could get a couple of returns for 6.5 I'm happy. A lot of people are thinking of Mitoma and what I what I like about Mitoma is instant gratification. Home to Luton, you'll probably get a goal out of him, maybe even a 10 pointer, but after that things get a little bit tougher away to West Ham. Is it uh, sorry, away to Wolves is also a good fixture, but then West Ham and then it it significantly toughens up. So for me if I went Mitoma, that would be the spot I would use to get a Richarlison, to get somebody else. But if I go for an I know for eight game weeks, I'm happy with this guy. And I have the optionality to either switch him to a Richarlison if needed or a Martinelli to Richarlison. I don't have to be pressured into selling Mitoma. So that was basically my thinking.
0: It's interesting you mentioned Spurs there as well, because when we found out about Kane maybe leaving earlier, I did look at my team and because I've got 0.5, I could do Mbumo up up to Richarlison. And I just I decided quite quickly, probably less than five minutes, that I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to sit with Mbumo for now, and I'm going to wait because I prefer him to Richarlison. I know Baker from Above Average. He he said they had a guest on, um, and that guest thinks that Madison might be on penalties. Now, right. obviously, it's not completely confirmed. So I wouldn't mind yet a couple of weeks to find out maybe who's on who's on penalties for Spurs, because whichever one is, when their fixtures turn really nice in a few game weeks, we're going to want to jump on. And I don't want to be on the wrong one. As in, I don't want to have to do a tr- sideways transfer like Richarlison. Say I start with Richarlison. I then need to find 0. 0.5 or possibly, you know, 0. 0.7 or 0. 0.8 at that point to upgrade, in inverted commas, Richarlison to Madison. So, yeah, 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 I'm happy I am with, with, with you. Mbumo. He's almost like that, to use a word um, you might use on the wire, that, that glue pick. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I think there's nothing wrong with Mitoma. I also get the argument. So my initial instinct when I heard the news was, maybe I should switch Mbumo to Mitoma because Mitoma's first three game weeks are really good. Mm -hmm. And game week four, I want to switch uh, to Richarlison anyway. So let me do that. And I actually made the transfer in my, on my, in my team. And then, then I was thinking about it. Maybe I don't want to switch off that 6.5 slot. Maybe it's, it's Martinelli who I want to switch out or maybe Bruno Fernandes after, after three game weeks, I've had two home games. He's looking deeper, so I don't want to commit a transfer on any one midfielder. I want to have the five I could easily hold for the next eight game weeks if I needed to. And there's there's potentially three here who can go if bandwagons emerge, if Foden emerges, if, if Madison or Richarlison emerge. You can just go there later.
0: I think that's the thing. I mean, we don't have to react to every piece of news, do we? So with Kane possibly leaving, we don't have to you know, completely change our drafts at the last minute because of it. We can... You know, we can be patient. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we agree there. I'm glad you've not tried to convince me to squeeze Madison in. Because I, I see you know he's becoming more and more popular. Um
1: <laughs> I just think uh, who will you fit him in for here? Um you, you're losing a lot of flexibility if you use the Imbumo to because Rich, you know, the reverse is also true. Rich Allison could be the better pick. He could be on pens and playing striker. Yep. And then you're making that that transfer. So um yeah, I guess I guess we're both happy with this five in midfield but I like I said I think equally if if somebody wants to go for an SA he's also on penalties if somebody also wanted to go for Mitoma March even is fine short term
0: yeah there's so I mean we've talked about it before there's so many good midfielders um obviously we've gone for this gone for the same five but there are there are
1: good good alternatives a question in the chat from Graham Shaw Mboma is flagged he is but he's been spotted in training so obviously I think we should caveat if um uh, if they're a little bit coy on his fitness and his return, I think he he goes to Mitoma in a second in my team. Um, so I don't want to take any minutes' risk with any of these players, so I'm happy to switch him out if he's not fit.
0: Yeah, I think based on those photos today, and obviously there'll be press conferences tomorrow, I believe, so you know, I think that flag will be quite swiftly removed you know come come about lunchtime or, or late afternoon tomorrow um, and like you say, it's good to, good to have a backup plan and yeah, maybe Matoma would would be mine. Um, although I do like Eze and I do like Gibbs White, although Gibbs White is very unplayable as in you have to rotate him perfectly because he's got two <laughs> very good fixtures and then a load of dross in between.
1: I think it for me it would be between just using the money to go to a Madison or a Foden or staying with Mitoma and probably I'll lean towards Mitoma. Yeah,
0: there's not really any midfielders under 6.5 people are considering, are there? Because I'm just thinking if there was then a way to get Yao Pedro up to Watkins, if there was a a big downgrade but there's not really any very cheap midfielders that people are that, that i've seen anyway
1: andreas Pereira, but he's not fit yeah. um today and you don't want to get to him now anyway maybe it's it's when he plays luton in game week four or five when he becomes an option but i don't think there's anybody else yeah. and
0: i feel like with him we need some clarification on on Mitrovic. what's going on what's going on there as well just because obviously Correct. if he's then on penalties because Mitrovic is leaving that gives him a bit more value, doesn't it? But yeah, we're quite biased because we've both got the same midfield. But I I think it's a a very popular midfield. I think it's popular for for a reason. And it's only really
1: the Arsenal midfielder that's differentiating a lot of teams. So speaking of midfield, another question from Sammy MCFC is, would you go for Martinelli, Odegaard and Saka in midfield? I think that's, that's good, but you're giving up on Bruno Fernandes. And so then the math you need to do is basically Odegaard plus Shaw is that better than Bruno and Gabriel I don't think there's much in it and I, and I maybe prefer Bruno to Odegaard just because of penalties I suppose
0: yeah I think that's the problem with it I mean my problem with actually getting Salah apart from him being very expensive is I didn't know which Man United midfielder to sell yeah so if you're then selling the Man, Man United midfielder one of them for, for an Arsenal midfielder I'd feel even even worse about it even though they're much much cheaper
1: yeah, I think it, I found it very, very hard to get away from this this midfield five. Uh, Diaby, we didn't mention Fasten Villa. So the yeah. problem is Bundria is now injured. He used to play on the left. Diaby will play central and a little bit on the right. So there could be a minor impact, but I just think Diaby is a little bit of a wait and see. You know, he is coming from Germany. His numbers were amazing in Germany, by the way. They were better in the season than even Mitoma or Mbumo. But then it's, uh, but then it's you know, uh, it's it's a little bit tricky to compare data between two leagues, and well, he's clarified he's actually got Bruno Rashford, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Saka. I guess that's that's not bad, that's not bad. I mean, clearly then there's no Watkins in the front line, and maybe the bench is a little bit thin, but I think that's fine. That's a good midfield.
0: Yeah, no, I think it is. I think it's very hard to make a make a bad team. Um, I think it's just being aware of aware of the bench really. Um, I don't know I'm quite I'm quite big on it this year with you know maybe the blanks not a huge consideration like you said because it's two you know newly promoted teams but I do think it can save you so many transfers and headaches down the line you know, if you if you're you know if we get a week where there's two injuries or three injuries in your team it, it can really help out
1: obviously extreme extreme yeah. scenarios there but and we didn't talk about Jota so I see Alexander Arnold FPL Alex Arnold is asking Jota uh, versus Gakpo have you considered Liverpool you know the sub salam midfielders or attackers
0: it jota is going to be an interesting one i mean liverpool are going to be an interesting one to watch in game week one because obviously we're going to have an eye on that bournemouth game in in game week two which i mean that's going to come around quick we're going to be here next week you know talking talking about that potentially with no liverpool players in and that's why i guess it's nice that you've got that flexibility um i mean martinelli could be the arsenal midfielder could be a placeholder for it but then the problem is there, you're losing, you know, you're losing an Arsenal asset who also have good fixtures. But yeah, Jota's definitely one I'm going to keep
1: an eye on. I do like Jota. I do I do think Gakpo and Jota will be the, the two that pair Salah. Um, but whether that's the case against an easier opponent that sit back a little bit more, not that Bournemouth, I think, particularly will play that way. Their new manager is quite flamboyant or more flamboyant than a, a regular Premier League team that sits back. Maybe in that regular team that sits back, they play Darwin and Diaz, and maybe in the team where they have, they need more aggressive pressing, they play Gakpo and 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 Jota. Maybe that's the way. So it's just risky, and and I think when people look at Liverpool and get afraid of Bournemouth, just remember that it's Chelsea away, Newcastle away, and Bournemouth, and for the other guys, they've got Fulham at home, you know the Arsenal guys and Nottingham Forest at home. And Man United have Wolves at home, a team that is in massive trouble, and Nottingham Forest at home in that three. So for me, there are two better two better fixtures, and you're losing out on one fixture from Liverpool. So maybe you just need to make your peace with some FOMO.
0: It, no, it's a it's a good point because yeah, if you, if you did go, say you went Jota over over Martinelli, um, in, in game week one because you're worried about a game week two fixture and Martinelli goes big, you're going to be in a, in a deficit, um, and you're going to be you know praying that Jota can undo the damage that's. That's being done so it, while there's so many really good nailed picks at the moment it feels really hard to go for some punts I, I normally i love chucking in you know a punt i'd love chucking in someone like a sterling it just feels too risky this year because it's so you know nicely priced obviously apart from Yao pedro but i think he fits more of a structural role in our
1: teams because he's so yeah I mean, i'm curious i mean if you're talking midfielders we have to talk salah so yep. if you go Jao pedro in your team you can afford salah if you take all that money from your bench the James and Chilwell one and a half millions—that's three million. Um, you can put that three million into a nine million midfielder that gets you twelve. So you see where I'm going. Like you can, you can actually get Salah by if you have Jao Pedro as the enabler. Have you have you given that a thought? And why haven't you gone Salah?
0: I thought about it, and it's quite a boring answer. But I think with the way the pricing is, I can have and a nice bench. I can have quite a comfortable, hopefully, quite a comfortable eight weeks with minimal stress. You know, I can move with move these players around, etc or I can give up all of that to hope that Salah returns in game week two against Bournemouth. It feels like putting all my eggs in literally in, in one basket or mo- most of my eggs. So yeah, it won't be nice not owning Salah, but to be honest, I've done worse things, you know, gone without Harland, for example. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, I know you've you've done the same. Um, yep. A lot, I mean, quite a few of us did, you know, when he got injured as well just before the World Cup. So, can't can't be that terrified of, of one player you know I, I could not go for Salah in in game week one and not have him against Bournemouth let's say he does score 20 points against Bournemouth and scores two points either side of that what's to say that Bruno Fernandes doesn't just tick along over those same weeks and also get you know 25 points or or whatever yep. and yep. you won't have used transfers to do it and we won't really know the impact of people going with Salah and without Salah until maybe game week Well, till game week three or four, maybe?
1: Correct. Correct. I mean, some Salah owners will use the money and spread it around. So it's effectively that three... This is why I keep thinking about this three-game week block where they will have this Bournemouth at home game where they will potentially captain Salah, but two away games against Newcastle and Chelsea where Salah could do well. I mean, he could do well in any fixture. So I just think that it's safe to not go Salah. He's not going to be high-owned. You can spread your money so you're not really behind the game in terms of if there's an injury or something. But if you wanted to be aggressive, if you're an aggressive manager who likes to sort of play the game with your gut and, you know, all the other good stuff, then I think there's nothing wrong with going for a Salah and being a little bit aggressive because the the thing I hate is people trying to be different just for the sake of being different. And Salah is exactly not that. It is actually being different for the sake of actually being... Great. I mean, you could actually really get high returns by going for a Salah. It's a great punt. I mean, calling Salah as a punt is an ideal, but it's a great way to differentiate yourself from the template. So really give a thought, make a Salah draft. I would recommend everyone to do that and see why aren't you doing this. And if your answer is still, look, I want the stability. I I I think Bruno Fernandes and Martinelli are also good picks. Fair enough. But give yourself that chance so that you don't regret when Salah scores a brace against Bournemouth that you didn't think about it.
0: No, it could be one of the greatest differentials of all of all time. I mean, there was a few opportunities last year when he was lowly owned, and he didn't always seize, you know, seize that for for his owners. But one thing that I did think is a bit of a knock on owning Salah is if Kane leaves, because I think there was quite a nice route where you could go for Salah for the, you know, the Bournemouth fixture. Then you can completely readjust your squad in game week three when you made the point we might have two transfers and not know what to do and you could go for kane who would have had bournemouth away burnley away then sheffield united at home where he, he would have possibly or will possibly be the best captain yeah so you kind of had this whole route laid out where you could you could go for have harland and you could have salah and then you could have harland and, and kane quite quite easily and if those differential captains you know went even slightly well um you you could have an absolutely you know flying start so, yeah i think that's also take that's why i've not even really thought about it i don't even have a salad draft anymore right but right yeah and i guess we've only really got strikers to talk about but there's not too many i know there's news on news on archer which i saw you yeah so earlier.
1: i mean let's let's first talk about Jao pedro versus yeah, Watkins, of right um i think both are fantastic picks one is a stable boring, but will deliver points. Basically, I called him a mini Kane, right? I mean, he's basically plays for a slightly worse team, although Villa won't like that because they finished above Spurs. Uh, But, you know, not as great as penalties, but he's like Kane light. And so he'll get you points. You don't have to ever think about captaining him. Even, you know, apart from Newcastle at home, I don't think there's a tough fixture in that run. I don't count Chelsea away or Liverpool away as tough for attackers. I mean, they might lose the game, but it might be 3-2 or something. So so those are both good games for him. So I'm not worried too much about fixtures. I think the pros and pros for him are clear. You know, f- focal point of the attack, possibly on penalties or should be on penalties. But the cons are also starting to add up. You know, Buendia is injured. So who plays on the left? Does it disturb? Maybe not too much, but there, it is meaningful. They have two legs in that conference league between game week two and three and game week three and four. So they will play midweek in Europe. What if there's another injury to another key player when they have so many games coming thick and fast? So, but the counter to this was, as Zoff said, they could be more sort of, you know, ready for early season because they've got a lot of minutes in their legs. So you can play that argument each way. But Watkins is just a good pick. I mean, my only thing with him is what happens if Jackson becomes really good or Pedro becomes a really good bandwagon? You will always be afraid to sell Watkins.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like Watkins is almost like a player you pick and then you just leaving your team and I feel like and it's a good point you make on the injuries because I hadn't thought about it that much and obviously Ramsey got injured in the under 20 under 21 World Cup I think I saw Coutinho um is injured as well um and they've only just signed Telemans
1: yeah um, I mean they could sign somebody now that I mean Wendy is out for months and months yeah so they could sign someone
0: No, they, they they could they could I think but the reason I mean I'd much rather have Watkins than Pedro in my team but it just comes down to money and I guess Pedro fills this role where you know he's he's cheap he's one of the cheapest strikers in the game who will get minutes the penalties i think are what swung it you know he could just play you know even if he plays half an hour if he gets a penalty we we golden um and i think with the team structure most weeks i'll be looking to move towards a, a 451 i say looking to move towards when my cheapest defender in my team is is 5 million so right. i'm probably right. moving towards a 451 where i can rotate pedro in and out and I guess you can hit the lottery with him as well. Like, you know, he could have a great game week one and he could get absolutely nailed in that team with penalties. And then he becomes like, you know, a mainstay in, every, in everyone's team. So Correct. I don't see that much downside with him. Um, and I wasn't that convinced t- until he took the penalty. But that's that's really sw- really swung it for me. And what it enables really is like the midfield we've, we've seen. Um, you can have all the defenders you want. You can have, you know, good bench. You've got money. In the bank because you've got pedro in in that draft Correct. um and yeah if you've got watkins i think transfers are harder to make and you might have to sacrifice him early or it might force you to sacrifice a midfielder and that that could come to bite as well i mean obviously we want to be picking the best team possible don't we we don't want to pick players just because they're easy to sell and i wasn't that set on watkins until jesus got injured there, there is that as well
1: same i mean nobody yeah. was and suddenly now we have watkins formal uh, Watkins is a good pick I mean an amazing pick from game week 9 everybody will have Watkins after game week 9 because Villa's fixtures are just amazing I think they'll have Diaby and Watkins so it's just a case of do you want to go there early or do you want to try to challenge him by going for Zhao Pedro and in my case leaving money in the bank to potentially take Pedro to to Jackson in game week 3 or 4 and then challenging him that way and then still keep the flexibility so for, for me Watkins to a Pedro downgrade gets me a better first bench and flexibility for the future because I've already made that decision where I've sold Watkins or never had Watkins in the first place where other people may hesitate. What Watkins gets you if you keep a Watkins is maybe a slighter bench but you have points. I mean the guy will keep delivering points and maybe you know let's, let's say people who started Watkins. Bruno Fernandez isn't looking great suddenly you downgrade him to a richarlison you've got 1.5 million in the bank you have all the flexibility you need you can get you know richarlison for bruno fernandes for your four million defender you can get a james so now you're flexible and you've got watkins in your team so there's both sides to this where you could go either way and i think both are decent close picks yeah and if
0: if you if you went for both then you're going to have to sacrifice a midfielder so i guess you're going to have to sacrifice something somewhere and Correct. I guess there's always a world because I guess we always assume either Watkins is going to, you know, go on a tear or Pedro going to go on a tear. But they could, again, just score, you know, similarly across across the board. And then in that scenario, the people who've got Pedro are the ones who are probably winning because they've got more money in, in the actual team.
1: To move stuff around. Yep, I'm yeah. with you. I'm exactly. with you. So
0: I'm, 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 I was actually very dismissive when I first saw Pedro being shouted. I was very dismissive of it. but It's literally been that penalty. That that swayed me really, but if I'm totally honest. And
1: penalties matter, man. I mean, penalties yep. are if we think about it, why are we Mbumo over Mitoma? I think pens is a big part of it. You know, why are people looking at Bruno Fernandez over an Odegaard, for example, in other people's drafts? It's penalties. So penalties is important. I mean, that's what makes Salah and Haaland amazing picks as well. And and Kane. So that's a big part of the game. So if Pedro has pens, that, that's a material difference. Now it could be that it was just preseason and gross steps up in the first game that materially dense Pedro's appeal going forward and he becomes almost a sell.
0: Yeah, that that would actually be quite funny. I hadn't actually hadn't actually thought about it. I was gonna say they're free goals, but we did talk about Watkins' penalty record the other week. Yeah. I think he's missed about half his penalties. Obviously some of this is going back to, you know, the championship when he played for Brentford, but um, just just worth bearing in mind. It's not always a not always a free goal anyway. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um yeah. let's talk about the third bench so the 4.5 a lot of people have 4.5 strikers um the you know the popular pick is Muamba from from West Ham is that is that his name yes um yeah. he's the West Ham Obama. he started the last friendly
0: of theirs didn't he so he got he got quite popular after that yeah
1: but they're in the market for a forward which could be Balogun from Arsenal but nobody will get access to that because Balogun is an Arsenal player we have three Arsenal you can't have Balogun on your bench so then the next point is Archer. Today it's in the news and, well, not, not officially in the news, but, you know, there's a there's a good source, FPL villain, yep. um, who said basically Archer to Sheffield United because Sheffield United have sold a lot of good players and uh, NDI was sold, who was their main striker in the championship. They're looking for someone. And apparently Archer is going there. The beauty with Archer is not only will he become hopefully a starter because he's he's done really well last year he could be your guy who comes in in game week two if you need him because he plays Nottingham Forest in game week two so if everything goes to plan I think I like Archer more than a West Ham pick which will just be a pick initially now it could be that Archer also loses his place but I just like that as a as an option and currently that's where I'm leaning
0: yeah he hid nicely in your team that's on the screen if if you think Archer's got a chance of playing then he kind of helps with the Cabore pick, um, correct? You know, when in in that blank game week. So, yeah, i had been on I've been on Woodrow as my four point five all season because Bricky he's a Luton fan. He was saying he was third his third choice Luton striker, and he's the he's, he said he's the best penalty taker as well, even though he doesn't expect him to be on pens. But they've just signed someone from Stoke, so he's now telling me that he's fourth choice. Okay, well, <laughs> for Luton. so he's been downgraded even, even further. So. Yeah, when I saw that Archer might be going to Sheffield United, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'll go for that, the new, new Brewster. And you'd expect that he's going to get minutes because there's been a lot of talk about Archer maybe getting, you know, in, in cup competitions as well, you know, behind behind Watkins getting some minutes. So you'll think if they're going to loan him out, especially, you know, with how weak that squad looks at Sheffield United at the moment, who also sold Berg in, in midfield yeah. the other
1: day. Um, it's looking bad so for Wolves, Sheffield United. I mean, these teams have not had a good preseason. No, I mean, more not. in terms of off the field.
0: They've not. But you're literally hoping. I mean, Bruce didn't always do this when he was a Sheffield United enabler. But you're hoping that Archie can get, you know, two points um, just, you know, in, in emergencies. So
1: game week two, Nottingham Forest is scoring a brace, man. Well, exactly. and when you, everyone you starts Turner. Earlier,
0: that That's an early kickoff. So we we might get a leak um, on him and, him and Turner kickoff. as well. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah indeed indeed that's that's interesting we'll talk about it next week then in our deadline dilemmas if turner what happens if archer is starting will you start him against nottingham first or not but yeah that's where we're leaving leaning right
0: yeah it's a shame to finish on 4.5 strikers so i guess we need to do captains
1: uh well <laughs> harland i mean are you thinking otherwise
0: i think i'm gonna go harland i do i do think i'm gonna go harland the way i'm saying it, it the makes competition? It sound like is
1: it Saka? sorry who's your competition is it oh, Saka or rashford
0: it's Saka. I, I think I would I'd love to do it I just part of this is is a mental thing I don't want to ruin my season before the isn't it because Man City are literally playing tomorrow before the game even feels like it's properly started I don't want to ruin my season by you know a couple of hours after the deadline Agreed. So, and you I, want to enjoy yeah. fist right I, I can't make it to fest
1: oh but, yeah yeah yeah. okay uh, yeah but, but anyway yeah you want to you want to enjoy your first night of football being back
0: well exactly so I, that might sound like a really boring reason but also i mean it, it's harland um i need to learn some lessons from last season it, it's not the time to start making risky moves you know spend all this time putting together a team and you know if saka scores a hat trick and Haaland blanks so, so be it you know it's it's early, it's early days so
1: yeah indeed, indeed yeah
0: i'm guessing you've had no temptation to go to go elsewhere then
1: not, not initially, and I don't think the difference is that much. You, you know, even if some models have Saka higher, I don't think it's that high that I, I want to sort of chance it. It's not worth it.
0: I think that's it. I think that's it. And while Saka is definitely going to be in my team, definitely going to be vice captain, there is still that five you percent know, of doubt that he's not going to be on, not
1: going to be on penalties. I mean, yeah, what happens if Haaland is be- benched? Sure. By the way, we haven't discussed that. What was that? Sorry. What happens if Haaland is benched?
0: Oh, I see. So written down that oh that was one I wrote down Harlem bench and I I couldn't decide because could I guess a lot will we need some Kane news tomorrow because the obvious thing would be to go to Kane as a placeholder
1: I'll just keep Allen and just Captain Saka
0: it's two things isn't it because we've talked about it's hard to use transfers in game week three Mm. so maybe then we could go for Salah maybe then we could go for Salah and then use the two free transfers
1: you're you're risking it man because you're going to find out 10 minutes before
0: yeah, that's true. No it's true. But cuz then you would have the best captain in for game week 2. In Salah, debatably, yeah. but I'd say yes. And then you can make the switch back in in game week 3. But you, if if Haaland doesn't start, he's not the best captain
1: in game week 2 anyway.
0: So I'm thinking on the fly here,
1: maybe if then you, the you're is convincing me if Haaland doesn't start maybe Salah pick. I was just my first instinct was just keep him. He'll come on, maybe he'll get 20 minutes cuz something's happened if he's not starting. Uh, or maybe yeah, maybe because something must have well. happened if you started. Anyway, not worth discussing too much. But people need to think about this stuff because we live in a world where we will get information closer to the deadline, and server crashes could happen because it's you know everybody is effectively on wildcard. So uh, yeah, I, th- no, I think I think it's a good question
0: that. to ask because I've got I've got notes written down, um, just a few notes about city. You know what I'll do, and that you asked me, and that through me, so. And like you say with with the server crashes so i think it's good to, good to have a plan i'm going to think about that a bit more but i i think i would go salah but it's hopefully that doesn't happen hopefully we just have a, like a nice stress-free day tomorrow all the press conferences you know are just perfectly above board everything we expect to happen happens and then Indeed. we'll be here next thursday
1: <laughs> good note to end the stream then yeah
0: yeah and um yeah thanks everyone for, for joining we'll be back same time next week so next by the way before
1: you go i see a thousand people watching uh if you don't mind give it give us a like it's you know it's a new show it's our first you know official pre-deadline deadline deadline dilemmas it would be really appreciated thank you
0: yeah and i I feel a bit bad that we've got such similar teams because i did put together if you go with the pedro just very briefly i'm going to put on the screen but this is the teams me and prad sent to each other um so as you can see the only difference was was my bench but yeah thank you all for joining us remember to like the stream um remember about the offer in in the link in the description so 30 percent off if you sign up to fantasy football scout and whereas we will be like next thursday at thursday the, 9 p.m it's 9 p.m isn't it yeah 9 p.m so we'll see you see you all then take care